It is Thursday the 8th of August. I'm your host Ryan Keir and this is the Cast. To summarise today's episode, we have results from Co-op, AA, HL, aka Heart of Reeves Lansdowne, and Share PLC, otherwise known as The Share Centre, an online broker that might be popular amongst you guys. Okay, so to begin with the Co-op Bank, I can see that this company has not delivered a profit. They have noted a loss for the first half of 2019, which stands at 2.8 million pounds. In the first half of 2018, the company reported a profit of 11.2 million pounds. One must remember that the cooperative as a an organization is known as one that prefers to prioritize making a sustainable profit over any odd profit. So shareholders would find this quite worrying, most shareholders in fact. I believe they're not even listed on the exchange, forgive me if I'm wrong, because the name does state a cooperative. So this kind of company I don't think you guys will be able to invest in, but it would be interesting to look at it get an idea of how the banks work. So one issue that was going on over the past couple of months and is still kind of ongoing is the issue of having a high amount of risk-weighted assets. It seems that this company is understanding exactly what the risks are and they are trying to reduce their exposure and leverage use when possible. Risk-weighted assets are basically the company's total assets relative or in fact weighted on the risk that they are taking. And the company have also mentioned they've reduced their risk weighted assets by quite a sum. In fact, it's one of their main focuses. They said that they've reduced credit risk weighted assets by a total of 94.8 million pounds. And therefore the company has proven that their liquidity remains strong. They've said that uh, their primary liquidity remains in line with the year-end alongside the loan deposit ratio. And one other figure we should look at is the liquid coverage ratio. That basically shows the company's ability, or in fact we could say it in an easier way, their proportion of highly liquid assets held by financial institutions to ensure that their ongoing ability to meet these short-term obligations is met. And they have shown the liquid coverage ratio has increased a little bit in comparison to the end of last year, up to the 31st of December 2018, it has increased about 3% to 156.6%. But if we were to look at this from a retail standpoint, in terms of the company's report, their net interest income is down for the six months ended 30th of June in comparison to the same period in previous year. Other operating income is also down 14% in fact from £8.6 million pounds to £7.4 million. They have had less impairments though, so in my opinion the company isn't doing 
as well as they were previously, but they are building their loan book and they are building their mortgage book and also they're building their deposit book, which is something that could enable them to recover their performance or deliver these quote-unquote sustainable returns that they hope to do so. Okay, now moving on to AAPLC. This company has been battered, or at least their shares have been battered in the past year or so. This report seems quite positive actually. It does mention that they uh, will have strong EBITDA growth, which first of all, I, I can't stress the fact enough that whenever I see a company Right, EBITDA growth instead of revenue, profit or whatever. Revenue even at times could be quite problematic because if you're showing EBITDA growth, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are growing your profit. For those who aren't familiar with EBITDA, I mentioned in previous episodes that it is earnings before tax, depreciation and amortization. So there's a figure that may actually still be positive even though you could be making a net loss for the year. The company has mentioned that they are trading ahead of their forecast EBITDA though. Well, one would have to look at that EBITDA before they realize how good this company actually is doing at the moment. But nevertheless, they've mentioned that they expect to generate strong free cash flow growth in line with their guidance. Once again, depends what their guidance is because this kind of company, I believe in the past, has given profit warnings and, and loss warnings for a couple of recent reports. So we should be careful. But one good thing at the moment to look at is the growth in their core businesses. For example, roadside business to business has average income per business customer up 5% in this period at £22 per customer and they have about 9 million customers in line with expectations. So there's growth on the revenue front which is impressive. There hasn't been much growth on the business to consumer side. In fact, average income per member rose to £165, up circa 2% since year end and is tracking broadly in line with inflation. That's nothing positive, they are basically just making the minimum growth targets as I usually put it. They've also grown their motor book for insurance by 10% to 803,000 policies. Their home book didn't grow that much, it's only at 1.3%. They have shown ongoing investment in systems have resulted in a continued growth in their customer base. In fact, later on in the report, the company mentions that they remain on track to generate approximately £80 million. One must have a look into the company's debt, but uh, as of the 31st of July 2019, they generated approximately £40 million of free cash flow, and that excludes the final dividend of £8 million and a recent bond buyback of 20 million pounds in February. The company has also said that they don't expect their capex to exceed 70 million pounds. They've also had their credit rating reaffirmed upwards from triple B minus to B plus. 
And I have reason to believe that the company's change in strategy, or should I say restructuring, could be a major factor in this. Now, moving on to Hargreaves Lansdowne PLC, the company has reported quite a bit of growth in terms of revenue. Revenue's up 7% to 480 million and a half pounds. Profit before tax is up to 305.8 million pounds, and that's up 5%. They've upped their dividend by 5% as well to 42 pence per share. I think they're trading in a thousand pence per share plus area. I'm not that familiar with this company, but I can see that their recent share price closed on uh, Wednesday, yesterday, was at 18.38 pence a pop. And going back to their results, we can see that they've had a growth in their client base, and this is an active client base level of growth, which is an important figure we should look at instead of the amount of users which most firms purport out here and they try and say that they're having growth. I mean, we could give an example. Coos had tens of millions of social media followers across the board, but that didn't necessarily relate to a growth in their customers or a growth in revenue. In fact, the company made more losses. It's possible that this could have been due to paid marketing, say people follow them or whatever. And they don't genuinely have an audience kind of thing. The company said that the second half of the financial year was particularly strong and it had been supported by their best ever tax year end with clients continuing to use their ISA and SIP allowances. One important figure is up 8%. This is the total number of assets under administration. It's up 8% to 99.3 billion pounds, meaning more commissions for the firm under a strong economy, which is good. Many of you are probably familiar with the activities that Hargreave Lansdowne take part in. They are basically one of the UK's largest direct-to-investor investment services. Google is quoting the company's price-to-earnings ratio to be about 37. However, if I just replicate a simple measurement, they're probably below 15, which is quite standard for this area. I just thought this update would probably be taken positively, but there's nothing stand out. Aside from percentage growth levels of like 7 and 8%, so something beating consensus targets in my opinion especially for assets under administration this company is definitely a leader in growth on that front and finally moving on to share plc this company as i mentioned earlier is a leading independent retail stockbroker and a couple of years back they were just starting out in the community a lot of people hadn't heard of them but they are now known as the Share Center, aka www.share.com. This is not a paid promotion, by the way. I just thought I'd put it out there. One really good bit of news is that the company's statutory profit before tax is at 0.2 million pounds. It's not huge, 
But the benefit of this particular report is that the group returned to profitability. And in fact, this is largely due to the growth in their assets under administration. It's at a record level, up 5% to 5.3 billion pounds. Wow, that's huge for a company with revenues that are up 9% at only 11.1 million pounds. The company's also mentioned that they have a somewhat strong balance sheet with shareholder funds up 10% to approximately 19.8 million pounds. That isn't really strong for a company in this area because you have to reinvest in infrastructure. You have to have a lot of capital on the side put towards not just maintaining infrastructure but maintaining growth. Marketing is quite expensive these days. In fact, what catches my eye in the report is the data regarding their application usage. They mentioned that the app is obviously gaining traction with customers, but they've also noted that customers are executing 16% of their trades through the app. And that was at the end of June, 2019. In December, 2018, that figure was 8%. So the company could use their app as a unique selling point in this case. It, it seems to be something that many firms do have, but a lot of people prefer ease of use. And many would say that their app is quite simple to use and it does the job for an individual trying to purchase shares in a desired equity, say. And actually for a company of its type, I would say that uh, share PLC or the share center is trading at quite a decent market cap, 45 million pounds odd. And uh, with regards to its performance in the past year, it's got lows of 22 and three quarters pence and highs of about 36 pence. It's trading at 31 pence currently and the spread's a little bit wide in the sense of buys at 32 pence, sells at 31.2, but it's not as wide as you could see with a lot of these AIM stocks. This company is probably priced at this level because they're only making 200,000 pounds before tax. But when they, or sorry, under the assumption that they continue to deliver growth, and become a potential leader in the industry, there's a lot of growth to be seen. We, we mentioned Hargreaves Lansdowne previously. They had assets under administration of 99 billion. These guys have 5 billion. Yet, there is a lot of room for growth for long-term investors, companies that have cash to grow and to maintain their uh, infrastructure in the short run. These ones, in fact, likely give returns with patience, of course, because you have to sit out the rides in the share price. ASOS is an example, a company that dominated industry, and they went to a market cap of in the high billions, which is really impressive. It's worrying, though, that the company says that they've got a strong balance sheet and it's 19 million instead of something 
in the high tens or, or just below a hundred million pounds kind of thing. But obviously for the market cap, if they had that much in cash, they'd probably be priced differently. So the market cap of this company right now is pricing in a lot of risk. I'd say it's a one to watch, but uh, you have to look out for this company maintaining a profit, if not growing their profit exponentially over the next six months or next couple of reports, next couple of years in fact, it doesn't matter. It's much better to get clarity rather than wake up to a profit warning or a horrible RNS. Kind of like Tesla's last quarterly earnings. Goodness me, what did that do? Send the shares down 13%? Goodness me. Still, I think to date though, they are up 20% odd because of December's retracement in the market. But still, they dropped on their quarterly earnings, which were supposedly going to beat. But nevertheless, that wraps up today's episode of the Quantum Cast. I've been your host, Ryan Keir. Until next time. <laughs>